Bay Takes, the podcast where we read you the one-star reviews of your favorite movies and more. My name's Kat. And I'm Riley. And this week, we're doing roman- romance movies, essentially. Melancholy romance movies. Depressing ass. Yeah. Real life. Tear your heart out. Tear your heart out, spit on it, put it back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then kick you in the stomach. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I picked... <laughs> I picked the movie Past Lives, which came out in June of 2023. It is a romance drama. It's an hour and 46 minutes long, and it's rated PG-13. So the plot of this movie, this is definitely one, it may not have a twist, but it's like, you don't know how things end. So Mm -hmm. if you haven't seen this movie, definitely go watch it and then come back. Go experience it. You have to. Mm -hmm. I've been the... Uh, marketing campaign for this movie for everybody I know. <laughs> you have, you have. I told my father to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the plot of this movie is the film opens in a bar where an unseen couple observe three different people and speculate as to who they are to each other. 24 years earlier in Seoul, Na Young and her friend Sung are walking home. Na Young is upset because she came in second place to Sung at school, but he notes that she always usually comes out as the smarter one. Na Young and Sung's mothers take them out to the park before Na Young and her family emigrate to Canada. 12 years pass and Sung and Nora, which is what she changed her name to, lost touch after she moved away. Sung completed his tour in the military and returned home to Seoul. Meanwhile, Nora is in college in New York. While chatting on the phone with her mother, they mention Sung, whom Nora admits she had a crush on when they were kids. Nora, in looking him up, finds that Sung had commented on a Facebook page of her father's asking to find her. Nora reaches out to Sung via a friend request. Sung responds and the two begin chatting over Skype. They are overwhelmed but elated to see each other again after so long and they begin to catch up. Nora is working on being a writer, while Hesong is set to go to China for a language exchange program. Hesong and Nora realize they are unable to visit each other anytime soon due to their busy lives. After some time, Nora tells Hesong they should stop talking for a while as she wants to focus on her work. The two lose touch again. Nora later goes to a writer's retreat where she meets Arthur. When they are alone at night, Nora talks to Arthur about the concept of inyun, which comes from a Korean saying that some people know each other from past lives, and if one briefly passes someone randomly in their life, it means they knew each other from a previous incarnation. Nora and Arthur then become romantically involved. Elsewhere in China, Sung appears to meet a young woman. Another 12 years pass, Nora and Arthur are married and both work as writers. Nora is seen working at an audition for a play that she wrote. Nora and Arthur discuss Sung's upcoming visit to New York, with her saying she believes it's just for vacation. Mm-mm. In Korea, Sung's friends discuss his visit and ask him if he intends to see Nora now that he broke up with his girlfriend. Sung and Nora reunite in New York, and they spend time together catching up once again. They spend a day touring the city and going on the ferry to the Statue of Liberty. When Nora returns home, she mentions to Arthur that Sung was indeed there to see her. Arthur expresses some concerns that Nora and Sung are childhood sweethearts who later realize they are meant to be together, but Nora assures Arthur that she loves him. Nora invites Sung to dinner with her and Arthur. They go out and end up at the bar where they were seen in the opening. Nora and Sung chat in Korean while Arthur is left to the side. Sung mentions Inyun and wonders to Nora who they were in each other's past lives, but she says she doesn't know. They acknowledge that they are different people from when they were kids and from the first time they reunited over the internet. When she excuses herself to go to the back, 
bathroom. Haesung apologizes to Arthur for only speaking in Korean, but Arthur doesn't mind. Haesung tells Arthur that he believes that they have Inyun as well. The three return home, where Nora goes outside with Haesung to wait for his Uber to pick him up. They stand in silence staring at each other for about a minute before the car arrives. Haesung says they might be in one of their past lives at the moment and wonders where they will find each other again. They share a brief embrace before he leaves. Nora walks back to Arthur outside the door where she begins to cry into his arms. The end. Man, that last walk. Mm. But that's the end of the movie. Director slash writer is Celine Song. This is her directorial debut. She was a playwright before. <laughs> she... <laughs> So she did this thing called The Seagull on The Sims 4, where she reenacted the play by Russian dramatist Anton Chekhov called The Seagull on Sims 4 in a Twitch <laughs> live stream. Oh my god. This is considered a durational installation art piece slash interactive <laughs> performance. Oh my god. And she wrote the play Endlings, which I believe is the play shown briefly in a scene of past lives where Nora is holding auditions. Oh, okay. And the music in this is by Christopher Bear and Daniel Rawson, who are both members of the band Grizzly Bear, who brought us the song Two Weeks, ah. which is the most quintessential rom-com song ever. Also, Slow Life from New Moon. Mm, yeah. And the score reminded me a lot of Fleet Foxes, personally. Oh, okay, yeah. The cinematography was done by Shavier Kirchner, and then the cast... We have Greta Lee, who plays Nora. You might recognize her from Russian Doll. She was in one episode of Broad City, and she was in a few episodes of New Girl. I know it's based in New York, but the whole time I was watching, I was like, this looks like Broad City. <laughs> hmm. This is the same set as Broad City. <laughs> Can't believe they'd reuse the set of Broad City for this. It'd be so funny if you saw Abby and her just running in the background. <laughs> But Tao Yu, he plays Haesung. He's big on Korean Netflix. Like, he's in a lot of Korean Netflix originals. He was in Decision to Leave, Love to Hate You, and Leto. And then John Agaro plays Arthur. He was in The Big Short, Orange is the New Black. He was in Unbroken, and he was in Carol. And then young Nora is played by Moon Sung Ah, and young Haesung is played by Lim Sung Min. And there's other people in there, but nobody really has enough of a moment for me to include them <laughs> yeah so i have some trivia the budget was 12 million but as of today it's made 22 million at the box office worldwide so it's almost made it's it's almost doubled its money mm -hmm. so if you didn't notice cinematographer shavier kirchner decided to shoot this film on 35 millimeter film that's why it looks so good it's so beautiful it's really beautiful it's a really beautiful movie and then i was looking through the crew and bo burnham was credited in the special thanks to section and i was like why i'm like sure like this is an a24 movie he's made an a24 movie but i was like why why specifically him yeah i looked into it and it was because celine song had spoken to bo burnham and playwright stephen Karam because they both had gone into filmmaking from different disciplines you know playwriting and stand-up comedy and they both talked about taking things you know from the art you've already been doing and applying it to filmmaking so she went to them for advice that's awesome and then it took two days to film the bar scene really why well part of the bar scene is the opening and in a lot of interviews i've seen celine song has said she wanted to get that like exactly right mm. but it is it's a lot of like the there's a lot of a, emotional weight i think in the the bar scene yeah 
it's kind of like the final big talk they have mm-hmm. right in front of her husband who just looks so drunk by the end of it and sad <laughs> he looks so sad through the whole movie mm-hmm. but next i have that uh, in a profile of greta lee in the new york times in may of 2023 celine song indicated she tried to keep lee and tail you separated as much as possible to help the scenes when their characters finally meet in person after a long separation she talks about this tactic again in a w magazine interview with claire valentine saying quote i didn't want them to understand each other physically it's not a movie about who is she going to go with it's more what is it like when your childhood sweetheart that you're still thinking about completely outgrows who you are end quote then in a variety actors on actors interview between andrew scott and greta lee lee in talking about her approach to the role of nora and her place in the story says quote i feel so often when it's shown poorly falling in love looks like a walk in the park it looks stunningly gorgeous it's not embarrassing it's not humiliating as it is in real life when you actually fall in love and having to figure that out left me feeling like i was dying end quote yeah that's true like i get that it's tough to really like be that vulnerable portray something that's like universal but also like so specific to a person yes I thought this was hilarious, this next thing. So Greta Lee originally did not get the part like after her first audition for Nora. After her first audition, she got a phone call from a producer saying that they needed to talk to her and that it was urgent and it was some really exciting and important news and she had assumed that she got the job. And then she re-listened to the voicemail that they left her and they they were meaning to call Greta Gerwig, not her. <gasps> they called the wrong Greta. That's so funny. So wait, Greta Gerwig was going to... I, I'm assuming it was like a, it was probably someone from A24. Okay. Who needed to call Greta Gerwig about something. <gasps> oh, that's funny. And then obviously she got the part, but a year passed after getting that call and she was asked to meet with Celine and they did a Zoom audition, which lasted about two to three hours because they were just talking about life and the movie and stuff. And I believe the Zoom audition with Tao also went about the same way. It was like two to three hours long. Mm. Celine Song said that like both actors were like a soul match for the characters that she was writing oh nice so celine's song actually based this film around her own life particularly a moment like the opening bar scene saying in a bafta interview quote while sitting there translating between these two men i actually felt like beyond translating between two languages and two cultures i also was translating between two parts of my own self and i think there was something about it that felt totally contradictory and very strange and magical and i think that there was something about it where it inspired me to think oh maybe this is a story that i can tell maybe this is a thing i can make a film about end quote so it's like kind of a kind of based on a true story kind of thing oh it's just it's just about her <laughs> like it's just like a wow that's crazy yeah i don't know how to, i don't know how i would feel as either party in this but like if arthur is any way then like he is in the movie i'm sure he's fine whatever her husband in real life i do want to talk about arthur soon because i was i was on and off with him with the movie so yeah um there's some facts about his character specifically that she she talks about i think in a bit Mm. but yeah yeah we'll 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 save that for our thoughts Mm -hmm. so the next thing i have is that this was greta lee's first time acting in korean as well as her first leading role in an interview on june 2nd of 2023 on npr with Alyssa chang greta lee indicated that she found it amusing that when she told her family and friends that she was taking this role many of them were surprised and wondered if she could even speak korean (laughs) She mentioned in a recent Hollywood roundtable that she was worried about speaking Korean in the film. 
she was like rusty and it was like her well they joke about that in the movies exactly it fits it fits mm-hmm. yeah so it works out mm-hmm. but like i can't imagine the stress of your family being like i didn't even know you knew how to speak that <laughs> <laughs> no no kidding yeah but another thing that Celine Song did with the actors was she didn't let Tao Yu and John Magaro meet before shooting their first scene together. So when Arthur and Sung meet for the first time, it is also the actors that meet each other for the first time. And the shot that they used in the movie was their first take when they meet each other. That's why it's so tense and awkward. awkward. <laughs> yeah. Tao Yu mentioned in an A24 featurette that the film being filmed on 35mm made the process more focused and tactics like having him and Magaro not interact prior to filming their scenes and him and Lee not having any physical touch prior to their reunion really benefited their performances. Yeah, that's the thing. There's no... They hug. That's it. Yeah. Two times. That's it. And they can't be any more intimate than that because of... Yeah. She's got a husband and whatever. She's got a husband, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is crazy. And I thought it... Well, I'll, I'll tell this later, but... Yeah. Greta Lee mentions in this same A24 featurette that the actors were, quote, looking at the Marina Abramovic Ule encounter, which involves Marina Abramovic. She's sitting at a table and willing participants come and join her at this table and they have this wordless exchange just with their eyes. That was one of the pieces of source material that we could all agree upon just to make sure we were all living in the same world of what we wanted for that first encounter that wordless exchange after so many years end quote wow i remember that yeah i just thought it was interesting that that was the source material that they used because that is like a it was kind of i guess that was kind of the point of that whole ending scene performance piece or i meant like marina abramovic's oh. piece it's like the wordless communication thing like the it's all emotion it's all in the eyes it's all in the face because like it the big moments when her ex-husband shows up and there's just a in the in oh, the yeah, art yeah, piece yeah. Ule. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 i was like what <laughs> no, 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 no. in the art piece uh because that's when she there's a emotional um it's more than just facing a stranger mm-hmm. and it surprises her a little bit too it takes her off guard it's very powerful yeah yeah and then this is the part that's about arthur's character so in an la times director's roundtable celine song talks about her approach to depicting marriage and past lives saying quote often so much adult drama happens because adults are behaving like children and i was interested in a story where these people that we meet as children are having to behave like adults arthur enters midway into the film and we've already established the love story between the main two characters so i don't expect my audience to look at him and welcome him into the movie (laughs) get out of here the whole (laughs) time there's a part of the quote that i uh, like cut out but she was like i want them to be like go away yeah like she says that she's like i want them to be like go back where you came from go away (laughs) but she continues saying quote the whole time he is fighting for his life and he's fighting for his place in the story for his life And part of that is to depict a good marriage. It was such a strange thing because for something to be a good marriage, it's like the more you insist that it's a good marriage, the less believable. So some of it is about actually getting to the bottom of what and where their intimacy has its limits, end quote. This is interesting. And the fact that they there's an emphasis on like dramas with children and our two main characters are adults now. The person who has the most, I would say, immature response to anything is the husband who's introduced later. Mm-hmm. And I can go in detail about that later, but I think that is very interesting because I would describe, and and not the whole movie, but there is a one scene where I'm like, this dude's really, like, real and being a little childish. Like, there's some points where I totally understand where he's coming from, but there was points where I was like, okay. I'm interested to hear that because I didn't feel that way. Okay. I'm, I'm interested mm-hmm. in talking about that too because there was points where I was like, I, I think you're, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Thank you. This is the last trivia fact that I have. So when speaking about audience reception in her BAFTA interview, Celine Song says, quote, I think the only thing that I can hope for from the audience is for them to come meet the movie where they are. And I mean that because I've found that no matter where it's seen, no matter who sees it, it really is such an intimate and personal thing for individual audience members. If you're single, you're recently single, you're recently in a relationship, you've been in a relationship for 30 years, I think all of that, it's going to place you in such a different place to meet the movie. So it's about timing. Maybe the movie is going to mean something to you right now, and then maybe two years later after you had a breakup, a change of job, and change of city, maybe you're going to have a completely different response to the film. Let the movie be under your skin, and let the movie be what it is for you specifically. And there's no one thing that I expect anybody to feel, but I hope that you are going to feel something, end quote. That's such a good way to put it, because just just a little second ago, you know, we have a different perspective of a scene, which I love. Like, mm-hmm. I definitely felt different things in this movie. And it's so true. Big emotions, though. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here watching it like I have some long-lost childhood love. <laughs> Same girl. I'm like, I don't have any of that. I, don't, I literally don't have any of that. <laughs> I love that. That's hilarious. But anyway... Speaking of differences in opinion, what were your thoughts on this movie? I love this movie. Thank God. Yeah, I loved it. It was a beautiful, gorgeous movie. Deeply emotional. Rich in, like, character study, I would say. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Where do I want to start? The beginning. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you think of the opening? Did you find it impactful? Did you... Like, with the bar scene or, like, just their childhood? The bar scene, I guess, would... It's not, like, so important that without it we wouldn't get into the film. Uh But, like, do you feel like it made you intrigued? like oh yeah it's a powerful opening who are they who are they to each other and that's the big mm-hmm. question throughout the whole movie is like what are y'all to each other like what is going on between you him and him so it, it sets up the whole movie of like what is this yeah what's going on who are these people very important very impactful oh uh eternal sunshine of the spotless mind it's mentioned in this movie yeah that's why we are, we're we're doing these back to back that's so funny because they said it in the movie i was like that's the one we're doing next week for melancholy mm-hmm. romance so it's so fitting yeah i told you that when we came up with that idea i forgot <laughs> yeah and i watched i was like oh my god <laughs> i haven't watched it yet so i don't know if that makes any sense other than just her mentioning it it makes sense they're different movies but they are similar the longing kind of thing yeah similar in tone similar in how people stay with you like the impact people have on you the impact people have on you to the point where you can't forget them that's a big thing Mm -hmm. in eternal sunshine of the spotless mind that makes sense with the title i guess never really never really thought about that one but yes Mm -hmm. but with this movie but with this movie it kind of highlights what happens in real life with real people you know like it's not a it's not one of those rom-coms where you meet the right guy right girl and yeah real life is about wrong timing wrong Mm -hmm. place wrong time and you know they talk about that with the um with the little what do they call it uh with the past lives thing it's like well in this one you're this to me and i'm this to you and stuff like that and that's just how it is sometimes i guess i want to get to the point of the husband Mm -hmm. and let me start off by saying i get his frustrations yeah, he's pretty chill considering the situation, too. Especially towards the end. He really, he handles it better than I would. That's what a lot of letterboxed reviews where they're like, I would have gotten a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I said when we were finishing it, he gets in the cab and she w- comes back to him crying. I looked over to us and I go, you can get in the cab with her if you're crying that hard. I'll go after her then. Well, if you like her so much. <laughs> I, I definitely was making she comments be in like town. that. She, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'd be like... Well, the second time, like, you can go have your little walk, sure, on the first day, but they're coming to the apartment? No. 
No, no, they're not. Not in my dojo. No. <laughs> no, exactly not. <laughs> so to give him credit, he is handling it very well. It's pretty chill. Yeah, pretty chill. Almost to a fault of like, I kind of stand up for yourself man, a little bit but yeah he loves her he does love her and there's that scene in the bedroom now this is the scene where i was getting frustrated with him just because he did that thing of like are we just together because we met each other and we happen to both be single and we slept with each other would you love me if i was a worm <laughs> he's doing that a little bit he's doing kind of a nihilist thing of like well we're just mm -hmm. together because you need a green card or this and that and that i'm like no yeah that frustrates me a little bit yeah because obviously she's with you because she loves you and that's how life works yeah y'all met each other at the artist residency you were both single you both liked the same books you liked each other's personalities yeah you slept with each other you obviously liked each other because you stayed with each other you ended up getting married that's how life goes mm -hmm. and then he he mentions this well what if some other writer was there who also liked the same books as you was also at the artist registry would you have just ended up with them get some xanax dog <laughs> And I sat there, I was like, in another life? Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. Not to get really into it, not to get existential here, but like in the multiple universes that probably exist. Yeah, definitely. Lucky you, you you're together now. Lucky you, you're in this one. Lucky you, you're here mm -hmm. together laying in the same bed 12 years later, married in love in another life. It probably could have happened, but it didn't because you're here. Mm -hmm. Enjoy yeah. it. Be grateful. And I'm not saying, you know. Yeah, it's okay if you have issues or frustrations with your life like that's fine you're allowed that yeah 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 but he's sitting there he's kind of spiraling a little bit and showing a little bit of insecurity and she just kind of tells him like this is where i ended up yeah that's okay i'm okay with that because she's happy or at least from what i could tell yeah she's happy with where she ended up mm -hmm. so for me the way i feel about that scene uh-huh yes i i agree as anxiety inducing as it is to have insecurities in a relationship mm -hmm. it is equally as like frustrating and a little stressful sometimes to be the partner on the receiving end of it i understand that but to me personally i felt like him having those insecurities i didn't find it as like immature i found it as he can tell just from hearing her talk about him and all of that he even says it. he's like what if i'm just like in the way in your story like what if what if i'm this roadblock to your your love story that's how real this even seems to him as her husband even just like not seeing them interact yet hearing her talk about him and all of that also this bitch he's like do you find him attractive and she's like um i think so bitch she one bitch. took 10 seconds to answer and two was i don't think so that's a yes or no question that's a yes or no question and it should be a no. point a or point b and <laughs> it, it should be no but if it's yes, then we got something to talk about because I don't know gives me nothing. So do you understand his reaction? I oh. understand his reaction. And I didn't mean to imply that he was immature. I guess what I meant, he made it... About him? Yes, a little bit. Well, he even yeah. says, is this the life your parents imagined you having? <laughs> Are you my Korean immigrant parents dream? That's the thing. <laughs> I was like, no, they wanted her to have any opportunity she wanted in another country. Like, yeah. And I think the other thing with the, other than her saying, not giving a definitive answer about it, whether or not she finds Haesung attractive or not, because when he's talking about not being able, like he's learning Korean. Yeah. Like, and he's trying to understand her from that angle too. But when he talks about not being able to understand her when she's dreaming, that's like, 
like another insecurity thing. This guy can understand everything about you. He knows you. He knows a part of you that I will never truly know. That insecurity? That's when Arthur came back around for me. I was like, okay. oh, fuck, I can't hate him. I can't <laughs> hate him because I get it. Like being in that position of I see somebody you have this deep connection with who knows you in a way that I can't. Even as hard as this guy's trying to know her that way, he can't know her how Sung can know her. Th to me, that's how that felt. I get, and I get that. And I, and I didn't hate him. No, no. But I just, that scene in itself, I was just a little bit frustrated with him. That's fair. That's fair. I don't think that's a wrong way to see yeah. it. Like, it, he's, he's being a little bitch a little. Like, that's what I kind of thought a little bit. Now, here's the thing. Would I have handled that situation any better? No. No. And I actually probably would have handled it way worse. <laughs> but for the context, as a viewer of the movie, I am, and knowing the two characters and their relationship, yeah. I'm obviously biased. <laughs> Arthur was on thin ice <laughs> when he came in, you know, yeah. like mm -hmm. in reality, he's not the bad guy, you know, but like in this story, yes, he is on thin ice. Yeah. So I could understand how him getting a little bit of an attitude. Yeah. He wrote a book called Boner. I was like, what the fuck is this? When I was looking up her husband, I think it's just like a joke about a book that her husband's written. It's not called Boner, but it's like something, some sexual reference or something. So it's like, I think it's just kind of her poking fun at her husband. That's funny. Okay. That is funny because i was like there's no way there was no explanation to that whatsoever there was no like background of what that book was about it just said boner <laughs> the cover of the books so i was like who is this what is this go what is going on his first play that he ever wrote because he has a playwright it's called like the sensuality party or something so i think it's just a play on that yeah just lovingly poking fun of it at, her, at her husband okay all right i will say though he, he takes it on the chin at the end he really does he, he does that's a supportive partner and i know earlier they were talking about how they have a good marriage it makes you wonder oh if you say it out loud do you really have to you know like kind of that thing like you shouldn't have to say that you do yeah you shouldn't have to say it out loud i did think they had a loving relationship though they've been together 12 years the scenes that we saw just by themselves they seemed happy like a normal couple good communication like good communication if it was a bad marriage they wouldn't have talked about it at all that's the thing or you know even had and they didn't even scream or fight at each other like it was just that discussion and yeah, it was being a little emotional but like it was and there's nothing wrong with being emotional but like he was being it was a healthy discussion it was and it wasn't dramatic him saying after that because I, I think i told you before you watch it like the first time i recommended you this before we were even doing it here i told you that this movie doesn't really let you fully hate anybody like it doesn't and it did it did it i didn't hate anyone and i thought i was gonna dislike the husband but because her being like are you upset and he's like i'm not allowed to be upset he flew 16 hours to be here he hasn't seen you in years i'm not allowed to be upset like it's okay and i can't it's remember okay. if he says it or she says that i'm pretty sure he says he goes what are you gonna do run off with him and she goes yeah i'm gonna do that like they're joking I'm leave my whole life mm -hmm. like exactly so like he even knows the ridiculousness of even entertaining that idea he was just having an insecurity moment in that one moment which like is is frustrating and yeah i get it yeah but i get it and again he handles it way better than i would i again i'll give him that credit another point for their marriage is like he is very supportive he really is mm -hmm. he loves her enough to notice whenever something is like making her happy even if she's never really said it he can tell there's something there that is fulfilling something for her no matter how it affects him he loves her that much he loves her enough to lose her well it's just so interesting i know she doesn't know this until 
until like they're literally walking around New York together. But she's like, how's your girlfriend? He goes, uh, he never says it. That's the thing. So his friends go, oh, you're going to New York because you just broke up with your girlfriend. You're going to go see the girl you've been in love with since you were a kid. He's like, no, that's literally what he's doing. And then when she says, how's your girlfriend? He goes, well, we're not talking with each other. And she brings up well y'all broke up he goes well we're not broken up we're not broken up so it's funny that he never admits to her that they broke up is it because he can't admit it to himself that's what's happening or is it like i don't wanna i don't know what's the angle on that a part of him does know he can't expect her to leave her husband and whatever no or or something serious to happen you know yeah and even like at the end of the movie even if he never outright admits why he was there like she notices even without him saying it but when he says i didn't realize it would hurt this much to meet your husband and him be a nice person that's him in his own way admitting why he's there and admitting this other intention that he had for being there to her and being like never mind i think it's just he knows it's wrong he knows that that's not the right thing to do but he's also still holding out hope so that's why he's there yeah it's also a closure thing too at towards the end or if that wasn't the intention going there it's what it turned out to be like this is the end they'll probably never speak to each other again they'll go another 12 years i knew this was going to be a fun movie to talk about because there's so much detail in like just emotional aspect it's such a real movie it's such a like th this is this was made by a human being i could tell this was based on a true story because i like this is so raw and so like you know how this felt yeah like it was unique but also so like not relatable it's universal it's like the thing about love love is universal but it's so specific to each person yeah it is a concept of like the idea of having that longing love and like what ifs we all love a romance story with a what if okay yeah exactly the characters were relatable i will say i think that's part of it they were how did you emotionally connect to it because like for me like i said i was it was like i had been through this <laughs> but like for you was it just like a sympathy kind of feeling or it was a sympathy thing and well they had me in the beginning like we started off with the two of them and their story i did feel for every character and like you just said a few minutes ago like arthur's not an evil guy he's not and that scene in the bedroom i was a little irritated with but like it, it the more we talk about it the more i'm like yeah I, I, I get it noah was the same way when i showed this movie to him he hated him i was like but honestly think about it in real life wouldn't Arthur be the most level-headed person in this story. Like, he's being the most level. Actually, no, he's way too level-headed. Way too level-headed. He's a little too calm. <laughs> a little too calm, a little too accepting what's going on here. Do you love your wife? I was just say, stay. Uh, come on, man. Punch him. <laughs> Punch him. Be a man. <laughs> No, that's the whole thing. He's not evil. He's nice. He's successful. He's talented. He obviously loves her. Mm -hmm. um, I forgot what I was going with this. No, but you just care about all of them. It's such a real thing because there aren't heroes and villains in real life. I mean, there are in some degree, but like in real yeah. life, people are people. It's how life went. Mm -hmm. This is how this life is going. It's not hard to figure out why someone is the way they are or why they're reacting that way, you know? Exactly. Most people, you could wrap your head around it. Like, and that's what Arthur's character feels like. Once you kind of figure out why he's reacting the way he is and how he feels, because that's the thing with it being a good marriage too, is like that healthy communication of him being able to say, I can't be mad. I can't be mad at him. I can't be mad at you. Mm -hmm. It just works in that way too. Because it's like in reality, if you want your partner and you to be on the same page, you got to do stuff like that. You got to talk like that. And it can be uncomfortable. And at points in that scene, it was. And... Mm -hmm. 
yeah and sometimes like he kind of made it about himself a little bit but like i mean you're in that relationship half of it is about you so mm -hmm. it's fair to say well what about you know what about me you know that is healthy to a degree yeah when I was watching it before hearing Celine Song talk about her approach to it, I kind of felt like it was subverting a lot of things, using romance tropes against you as an audience member, because there is a character like Arthur in, rom in romance movies, like... Absolutely, yeah. That ends up, yeah, being the bad guy, and he ends up losing the girl and whatever. If it were more fictional, it would go that way, so he's set up to be like that, and then you hear him say something like, you make my world so much bigger, and I just wonder if I do the same for you, and, and you're, you're like, like oh. Damn. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, He's better than me. <laughs> I was just mad at you for gaming while she was talking to you, but... He is years more emotionally mature than I would be in this situation. For real, though, he de he deserves credit for that. I was complaining about that one scene, but now the, the more we talk about him, I'm like, no, he, he really does deserve credit for the whole movie. And yeah, like, the first time I watched it, I did feel that way, but I've watched it, like, ten times since I watched it the okay, first time. Okay, all like... right, yes. Yeah, so you, you've gotten different takes, and you, yeah, okay, mm -hmm. you, you've, yeah. I love this movie, dude. It's good. It's, and it's got good rewatch value, like you were saying, like, the details and the emotional things. It's such a soft movie, you know? It is. In every aspect of it. It's just gentle. Not that it isn't raw in some ways or... And heartbreaking. And heartbreaking <laughs> in some ways, but it's such a tender, gentle movie. Mm -hmm. Lightly brings you to that heartbreak. Gently takes you to that heartbreak. I did think they were going to kiss at the end. We kept joking that they were going to kiss and look up at the window and Arthur's like this. <laughs> like peeking around. He's, he's standing on the stoop with binoculars. He went outside with them. <laughs> he went, I love that. I love that. He actually went outside with them and was just like smoking a cigarette, shaking. I love you. <laughs> I trust you, but. You you have no idea who's out here. I'm doing this for your safety. You yeah. have no clue. You left the house without your mace. You left a long walk back to the apartment, you know. You're wearing your hot indie girl dress. Exactly. Exactly. You can't be out here alone. Looking sexy? No. <laughs> Damn. But did you uh, have any other thoughts or notes specifically on anything? How do you... I guess life goes on after that, you know? It's back to normal. They talk about it. They, you know? Because they haven't had it from... They come back from the bar. They, nobody gets a minute to talk privately about anything. No, not at all. Except for the two guys. Which, also, he's better than I am. It solidifies. Like, I, I can't fucking hate you. I can't hate you. I can't hate this guy. He's too mature. He's too nice. He really is, though. When you're watching the bar scene, you think he's being a bitch about them just speaking Korean. But, like, then you get to the end and he's like, no, I get it. I understand. He's just being patient. He really was. What else is going to do but stare off into the space? And I will say, I do think that was disrespectful to do in front of him. On her part. On her part. That was kind of shitty. There's a point where she turns her complete back on her husband to talk to this guy. I'm like... And she's sitting like this. Yeah, that's... Here's the thing, though. I do appreciate that she turns and tells him when they're talking about him. Like, she's like, oh, we're... That's the thing with this fucking movie. I guess to reassure him, like, we are talking about you and, and it's nice. Nice and things. Nice things yeah. about you. He pays the tab. What a damn gentleman. He's too good. He's a class act. He is a class act. That Arthur. But did you have any other notes specifically? No, no. Okay. Because I'll just I'll just go into mine. Mm -hmm. The thing I love about this movie is like you're saying, it's gentle, but it's so heartbreaking in a real way. Mm -hmm. How did you manage to do that to me? And it's all still so soft and like warm. Yeah. Like there's it's so bittersweet. 
And I hated how much it wouldn't let me hate anybody. But like, you know, the more you watch it, and like even just talking about it, like have respect. You come around. Yeah. You understand it. And it's just I respect him. I respect everyone in this movie, really. Yeah. I love romance movies and I love seeing this movie because that is a frustrating thing that romance movies can do. And I don't, I'm not saying this is Celine Song's intention. I'm not going to put a whole thesis on her for making this movie. I think she just wanted to tell a story, but you know, romance movies set up a lot of high expectations and false hopes for hopeless romantics like myself, Mm -hmm. you know? And like in reality, like watching this movie, it made me look at my own relationship and like appreciate the like simple and loving things that I have that like are so heartwarming and big Mm -hmm. in my world. And it's just, it it makes you think. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what I was like, what was relatable about this movie was just that tender relationship that her and Arthur have. Him koala bearing on her while they're talking about getting wings. Exactly. That's how life goes. You meet someone, you like them, here you are. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like with the the concept of like the Inyun and past lives thing, like her and Arthur in a past life could have had this like grand dramatic romance that like contributes to their tender current life romance if you want to think about it in that concept of the movie like it's not like they don't have some sort of connection to each other yeah because going by the rules they have more past lives together than her and the other guy mm-hmm. also the look i know the, the the walk back i was heaving sobbing crying snot running at, down my nose when she walks back to arthur mm-hmm. but like that dress and those Doc Martens. I know. It reminded me of you a lot. That's something you would wear. That's my aspirational hot indie girl outfit. It was a great dress. It really was. Mm-hmm. I think the only other thing I would want to say about it at this point is like, I think it just flows so perfectly. I think so too. I don't know if it's because she's a playwright. It feels like she's really only showing us things that are important for story purpose, you know? Like it doesn't, there's no fluff. There's no fluff. And I think sometimes fluff jogs it sometimes when you're doing big time jumps, like 12 years. It kind of makes sense to do, here's how they met 12 years later. They're married. They live in this apartment. They're both successful writers. We're all caught up to speed and we just see them on a regular day i think it's kind of it's kind of perfect in that way yeah you know i'll attribute it a little bit to her playwriting then because i i don't think there's a whole lot of time for fluff in a in playwriting no and i think it makes sense like in a play that's how it would go i also appreciate with with Song, we don't see his relationship with his girlfriend she's never that significant he's never invested exactly he's never invested he never got the closure so how can you think of another person when you have this you know i appreciate also like nora's communication style even with Sung. like after she gets married and whenever they're just going around new york i appreciate that you can see and especially after she talks to arthur what she's saying to Sung and when she's saying it that she's caught on to why he's there before she even says it to arthur and she's like strategically being like we're not kids anymore like she's blocking him yeah yeah she's she's not letting him build any more false hope around her she probably knows there's a part of her that if she doesn't do that she doesn't know what she might decide or go for if she doesn't just put that boundary there or how far he's gonna go if she doesn't let him down now if she doesn't establish this communication now what else is he gonna bring up what will he do what you know like exactly it's like no this is reality this is how everything is yeah oh that was another thing i love the portrayal of Sung as an adult like i want to hug him so badly whenever he comes to new york like when he sit 
A lot of people eat alone, and they're fine with it, and it's not sad. But when he's sitting eating his little breakfast at that little tiny table... He's eating a little muffin. Just, like, hunched over. And I know that was, like, a character choice now, so it's purposeful, but it's, like, when he's, like, awkwardly standing waiting for her in the park, like, it's... I want to hug him. <laughs> I know. And it's, like, so painful how good he is at playing that awkward character awkward shy yeah him standing there awkwardly for his picture when she takes a picture of him he doesn't know what to do with his hands <laughs> <laughs> same girl yeah it's just spot on and like the rawness of this movie i think a lot of it comes from the awkwardness too oh the fucking open and honest communication in this movie <laughs> it's actually really pretty healthy i mean there's things you could discuss but it's a master class yeah you could discuss like that doesn't seem healthy that seems healthy but overall communication in this movie is pretty good that's all i really have to say of my thoughts about this movie you know i've been preaching the gospel of past lives for a little bit but i'm glad you loved it and i'm 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 glad that they're even just talking about it. You kind of changed your mind on some things already. Like, yeah, and I further, I looked into it more and I realized like, no, it's totally relatable and understanding and fair. Yeah. So I, I can move on to the critic reviews if you're ready. Yep. Ready. Okay. So 96% from critics. It was so hard to find a negative review of this movie that was... I bet it was. A lot of people that wrote reviews on it on Letterboxd and stuff were like, I wish I saw this when, when it was on its original run, but like a lot of people didn't know it existed until they came on streaming. Yeah. But yeah, so 96% from critics. The critics loved this movie. 84% from audience on Rotten Tomatoes and 8 out of 10 from audience on IMDb. I'll explain what I saw more of on the audience or how I felt about some of the audience reviews when we get there. But mm -hmm. I also wanted to mention the small amount of uh, negative reviews because I'll read some of them. Just keep in mind that, that is not of a lot of people's opinion. Yes. The first review I have is a positive one. It's from Medium by Janine T. Abraham from December of 2023, who gave it a five out of five, starting with, quote, technically Past Lives is an outstanding film. The score is striking and the pacing takes its time, allowing the audience to fall in love with Na Young and Sung. The writing touches the heart in all the best ways. The actors are sublime and the subtle messaging about identity is fascinating. The film is about first love torn apart by a move and the dull ache of life lived wondering what if, end quote. The identity thing is definitely something that I um, really noticed more in rewatching it. But yeah, like it, a lot of it is about like Nora's identity as like a, a Korean Canadian, her connection to Korea and her new life in America. Like I remember her talking about the cultural difference just between her and Song, which mm -hmm. is interesting. I have no perspective on it. I, I can't say anything about it, but it's just, you know, it's just, it was just interesting to hear about that. Yeah. And I think that's another reason I loved this movie so much as an Asian person, as a half Asian person. It really touched that because it's like when I go to Malaysia, there is like a, because she says like he makes me feel less Korean. Mm -hmm. Going to Malaysia and interacting with my Malaysian family, I'm like realizing how there are parts of me that are disconnected from that part of like my culture. And so like, yeah, that is, that is something that resonates, even if you're not like a first generation immigrant mm -hmm. or anything like that like it if you even just have non-white ethnicity and you have family in another country or you have another country that you're tied to culturally like it is a feeling that you feel you're like am i not asian enough am mm. i not korean enough or whatever if that makes sense if that's uh helpful in any way right yeah but next they say quote i was rooting for her to dump that white guy and go <laughs> with her soulmate <laughs> 
The film made me th- <laughs> the film made me think about the choices that we make in life and the price we pay to get what we want. I had an actual relationship with this film and was so angry at Nora for her choice. I also wondered if we got to revisit this trio in 10 years. Would Nora and Arthur's marriage survive? Both Nora and Arthur are writers. What will happen if Nora is more successful than Arthur? What if Nora gets pregnant and her career is sidelined while Arthur's writing career thrives? What if Nora and Arthur are both successful, but success isn't what she thought it would be and still misses Haesung and realizes that life is short and and she wants to be with her childhood sweetheart. And I thought of so many other possibilities on Sung's side. That, my friends, is a sign of a magnificent film, end quote. Very true, because you can argue and go, well, the movie wasn't over because there was all these questions. But that's the amazingness of good movies. It leaves you sitting there thinking of all the possibilities, storylines, and the craving of wanting more, you know? Yeah. I haven't stopped thinking about this movie since the minute I saw it. Because we were just sitting here a second ago going, well, what happens in another 12 years? Like, what happens when they're old? And what if, you know, Arthur passed away? Would they reconnect? And that's the beauty of this film. We don't get that because this is where it ended. This is where we leave the story. This is where we leave the story. And it just... I agree with that. That's a sign of a of a good film. And the heartache of that too, of like, dang, I really want to know where they go. Do they have kids? Does Haesung find love somewhere else? Like, Does he move on? Exactly. Like, do they ever meet each other again? Even by chance, by happen chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think this person put it perfectly. The dull ache of life lived wondering what if. And that's, the, that's the whole point of the movie. What if, what if, what if? Mm-hmm. And then lastly, this person says, quote, I felt so aggravated by the missed opportunities between Nora and Sung, I wanted her to be with her first love. Watching past lives was like watching two dear friends I've known since childhood fall in love and keep missing each other. <laughs> it reminded me of watching Game of Thrones and seeing various characters who were deeply impacted by one another miss each other. Past Lives is a film that feels beautiful, frustrating, and real. Even though it was uncomfortable, I give this film 5 out of 5 tomatoes for authenticity. We don't always love the person we connect to in the way we dream of. Still, love comes. End quote. Very authentic. And that part, you could have this hopeless romantic dream version of what love should be, but there's still love that you could find in the real world that is equally, if not more, fulfilling. Yeah, definitely. And you won't get this, but if anyone else has seen the movie Your Name, it gives that feeling because it's like they, um, the concept of Your Name is like they keep switching lives. This guy and this girl, they keep like switching lives and she lives in a rural area and he lives in the city and they keep like switching lives and they leave notes for each other and they're trying to figure stuff out about each other. And like it gets to the point where they're like able to almost meet each other and it's like this dude (laughs) it's like a similar concept of like the what if thing and like just fate and all of that but it's not as real as this movie but like yeah it gave me that same feeling it makes you appreciate what you have in your like real life like it makes you appreciate the people that you managed to find even if you just stumbled upon them yeah Don't watch that movie. It'll make you cry like a damn baby. (laughs) I'm not doing it on this podcast. All right. All right. (laughs) I might change my mind. I believe you. But... The next review is a negative one from Vulture. It's by Allison Wilmore from June of 2023, starting with, quote, Past Lives is a lopsided love story trying to pass itself off as a mutual one. The urge is understandable. Past Lives begins with a shot of Nora, Sung, and Arthur sitting at a bar while the camera slowly zooms in and two off-camera patrons try to guess what the relationship between the three of them are. It was the way people were looking at us, Song explains of her memory of the real-life encounter and the seed of the film. And you might think she'd go on to explain exactly why she thinks the sight of an Asian man and woman 
sitting with a white guy would be so intriguing to strangers. It isn't that intriguing in the movie, which uses its subdued tone to elide how little texture or tension it has, end quote. It wasn't about, like, that they were... Them being Asian. Yeah, it's not about that. It's... Have you ever played the game where you you're with someone you look around the bar What's their or restaurant. Story? yeah you make up a story about them or you go mm-hmm. what are they doing i love that game we do it on road trips all the time mm-hmm. it's highlighting the questions of the movie who are they to each other mm-hmm. it's not about them <laughs> it's not about them being asian it's just it's why it's, would those strangers even give a shit what is wrong with you <laughs> yeah it's that's not the point of the scene that's obviously not the point of the scene calm down celine song uh, in an interview i think she described it as like the opening saying she wanted the audience to feel like they're playing detective yeah i found it completely relatable and they could have done it to anyone in the bar but that was the subjects of the film and they brought the questions that linger throughout the movie you could also see the conversation as like what celine song might assume people are saying about them yeah because she's she was in that situation she was like noticing people staring at them maybe in her head that's what she thought they were talking about that doesn't mean that she thinks that everybody's talking about her and that everyone cares yeah but next they say quote part of the reason past lives glides along so frictionlessly is that while it splits time between nora and new york in Haesung in Korea, it's only Nora who feels like a whole being. Nora has her ambitions, trying to scale the New York theater scene from within, while Haesung, who's studying engineering, comes across as a person whose life is without a gravitational center in Nora's absence. He's a vessel for diasporic longing, as well as a representative of the life she left behind to grow into another person who retains traces of the girl she was. But that longing is itself as unconvincing as the deep ties between these two people are meant to retain from a childhood crush. Lee, a perpetually undervalued actor, punctures the film's attempts to at billowing romanticism with her innate sharpness, end quote. I have no complaints about anyone's acting in this movie. No. My thing with this is like the way they describe it, I'm like, that's what they were trying to do. Yeah. I don't think that's a problem. This, the movie's not about Hey Sung, it's about Nora. Yeah exactly it's like what what, yeah also the reason he doesn't get shown as a full being is because he doesn't have a life without nora as a gravitational center that's the point if you don't like that i guess that's why you're writing this review okay i don't know no that's a good point though yeah that makes a lot of sense especially for the character that's just what the movie is yeah but if you don't like that i guess i can't really be that upset um but also that uh, who gives a shit about the asian the two asian people and the white guy Uh, (laughs) i do (laughs) I care. But lastly, they say, quote, rather than underscore the character's enlightened nature, his patience and understanding, it emphasizes how unserious Haesung's visit is seen to be. Haesung is always the one reaching out to Nora, while Nora determines the boundaries of the time they'll spend together. In bundling the issues of identity, cultural ties, and rootlessness to love interests, the film shrieks them down into something that feels negligible and then tries to give itself added heft with the idea of Inyun. When Nora first explains Inyun to Arthur under those warm lights at night at the retreat, she jokes that the spiritual concept is just something Koreans say to seduce someone. By the time the idea of Inyun comes back up in earnest, it feels like it's actually the audience that's being had. End quote. Well, yeah. Someone says, oh, that's a cheesy thing, but like, I like cheesy. I like... That's what love is. That's what love is. Exactly. Okay, I know what you're talking about now. Like, the point of what they were doing, this person's complaining about. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you, man. Nora's the realistic one between her and Sung. She has to set the boundaries. Like, she does care. She does have feelings, but like, she's being realistic. And Sung just 
needs to be brought back down to reality. Mm-hmm. The next one I have is from In Review Online by Lawrence Garcia from June of 2023, also negative, saying, quote, With past lives, director Celine Song has a fine story on her hands, and she knows it. Unfortunately, a solid story hook is about all past lives amounts to, lacking as it does any robust cinematic interest. The issue is not that past lives fails at any effect it strives for, but rather that it doesn't strive for any effect worth having. This is all the more irksome as the basic premise opens a bevy of compelling possibilities. Not being able to speak Korean, Arthur expresses his fear of having no access to an entire aspect of Nora's person. But one might consider a film that did not just bluntly state this in dialogue, but in the manner of Career Girls from 1997, for example, actually showed how this year's later reunion brings forth a side of Nora's behavior that Arthur Arthur had never seen and that she herself may have forgotten, end quote. So they wanted it to be like, not only does he say, like, there's a part of you I don't know, there's a part of you I can't understand, because, like, you know, the dreaming in Korean mm-hmm. thing. They wanted it to be like, she changes when he gets there. And she, like, whenever Sung shows up, there's, like, a different side of her that comes out that Arthur's never seen before. That's not realistic, though. That's not life. No. And, like, it kind of does happen when she's talking to him. It's just, she's he's only seen her speak Korean to her family, so, like, maybe you could say, like, there's a familial way of being Korean that he's seen of her and not like a friendship way that he's seen but like but what was she supposed to change into because he knew her as a child she's changed she's a grown woman now do you want her Mm -hmm. to act like she was when she was 12 years old what do you mean by that also how she acted 12 years before when they were skyping together that was her authentic self younger and in a different part of her life but like still the same person and 12 years later yeah she hasn't changed circumstances have changed but that's it Mm -hmm. like she's still matter of fact what part of her was supposed to change was she supposed to invent a new personality because yeah that we never met that we never met that song never met because what were you wanting she wasn't a different person at all in the movie besides when she was a child. Yeah. And also, like, she did change a little bit from whenever Song saw her last, like, whenever they reunite when she's in college. Like, she's assimilated into American culture, and she's assimilated into a culture that's different than Korean culture. But she also hasn't known that person since she was 12. That's not who she is anymore. So it's not like it would awaken this thing in her, because the last time she talked to Song, she was different. Yeah, that's just not... Go watch Career Girls, then. <laughs> that's the thing, like... But lastly, they say, quote, Nora's sense of cultural dislocation, meanwhile, is repeatedly underlined as a crucial aspect of her experience. But the most we see of this is a testy encounter at border control. It would be unfair to say that past lives pales in comparison to similarly themed films like Anne Hui's Song of the Exile or even Davy Chu's recent Return to Seoul. But those provide less an example of what this film should have done than suggest how little Song tries to do. How little risk there is here. In this respect, Past Lives most resembles John Crowley's anemic 2015 drama, Brooklyn. It does little more than solicit sympathy for nice people, asking us to share in their hopes and dreams, and to feel sad with them. End quote. Psychopath? What the fuck is wrong with you? Why is that a bad thing? Who hurt you? I actually kind of <laughs> like that. Like, they are nice people. Not a single character in this movie is a bad person. They're all nice people living their own lives. He really said no one's life was destroyed, so this movie's bad. And then asking us to share in their hopes and dreams. Yes, that, yeah, that's life. And then, and to feel sad with them? Empathy? You're mad that, that you were made to feel empathy with characters in a movie? What? Uh, girl, I love drama as much as the next person. But like, there's gotta be movies like this every now and then, you know? I need balance or I'll turn into you. It's a very refreshing thing where this movie isn't kicking, screaming, yelling, cheating, drama. Yeah. I, 
I'm sorry, I like it. I hate watching a movie when I don't feel sad for the characters. It means I don't like them and I don't care about them. Explain Blair Witch Project to me. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> you have, you know, you have variety though. Like it's nice to watch a movie where there are nice people that you can have sympathy for. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Blair Witch is the opposite of that. It is though, okay. I ate my own words, yeah. There you go. You're a Gemini, okay? I'm like, a Gemini. I'm very you're complex. You're just one thing. I know, I know. <laughs> sorry for liking more than one thing, guys. I'm a complicated woman. I'm sorry I like the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> you should be. I know, that's a biggest flaw. <laughs> Fatal flaw. Uh, but this is the last critic review. It's another five out of five. It's from The Guardian by Mark Kermode from September of 2023, starting with, quote, This supremely confident feature debut from Korean-Canadian writer-director Celine Song is a spine-tingling gem, a tale of not-so-brief encounters between star-crossed souls played out over a period of 24 years, paints a picture of unresolved affection as delicate as it is profound, interweaving timeless themes of fate and providence with more playfully down-to-earth musings on happy stance and shape-shifting identity end quote yeah man usually like when we don't like a movie people talking like this it's like shut the fuck up exactly but when when we like a movie they're talking like this like they get it what a poet you are william shakespeare over here <laughs> he's quaking right now <laughs> sorry oh my kitty hurts oh no <laughs> sorry um, but next they say, quote, When the Korean concept of in is explicitly invoked and discussed, past lives seem set to become a traditional made-for-each-other romance with the familiar love triangle twist. Yet Song is more interested in exploring how people change than how they stay together. How identity is defined as much by where we are now as who we were then. It's no accident that when the film's title appears on screen, the words past and lives are separated by a great space. Together, those words mean one thing. Apart, they imply another. End quote. That's a really good way to put it. Again, so many different topics and change in life, growth. You don't say, stay the same person. Definitely, hopefully never as a child. And definitely, hopefully not when you're in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s. Hopefully you are constantly always changing. And growing. Not super drastically where you're a different whole other person, but like you shouldn't be the same person. You shouldn't look back and see that exact same person. Exactly. What a good way to put that. Past and lies. And I think like another important thing with that distinction with you're defined by who you are now as much as who you were then. Like your past is important. It shapes you as a person. But like focusing on it is not gonna do anything for who you are. Like no. But next they say, quote, There's something quite breathtaking about the deceptive ease with which Song's first cinematic foray juggles the metaphysical and the matter-of-fact, conjuring a world in which every decision has a transformative power, and concepts of love and friendship are at once mysteriously malleable, yet oddly inevitable, end quote. Mm. I'm just looking at it for a minute. Big words. These grand concepts like the Inyun thing. I guess it, it's kind of like the dichotomy of Nora internally, but also like Nora versus Sung, where it's like she's very matter of fact and he's much more like metaphysical. Like she talks about Inyun in like this, oh, it's just this thing that Koreans talk about to get to get people to sleep with them. And he talks about it in like such a more serious way that she talks about it. Like he believes it. Mm -hmm. He's driven more by that. So what he's saying is that the film juggles those two concepts with deceptive ease. Like how do you blend those two together so authentically authentically yeah that must elevate so much about this but it is good writing as well like it is artful and purposeful
successful and it knows what it's doing. But lastly, they say, quote, plaudits to the principal cast who do a miraculous job of portraying inner conflict and ecstasy with the merest tilt of the head or a subtle shift of a shoulder. Sublimely understated music by Christopher Bear and Daniel Rawson completes the perfect picture, filled with tentative discovery, magical possibility, and the bittersweet pang of truth. End quote. Definitely that scene where they're just staring at each other for the full, like, how long till your Uber's here? Two minutes. And just for those two minutes, they just look at each other and it's... There's so much tension in there. There's scene. so much tension. I thought they were going to kiss. I really did. And Arthur was going to come from the shadows Arthur. and just like... <laughs> come flying out. Here comes the giant <laughs> Yes. Yes. I... <laughs> But for real, it's such a, they don't kiss, but they do. Emotionally, they're making out. Emotionally, his tongue's in her mouth. Emotionally, like, it's down her throat. Yeah. Emotionally, they're dry humping outside. Okay. Like, it, it's borderline cheating. It's borderline cheating for a minute, yeah. you know? I didn't mean to ruin that scene. It's a no. very raw, I still love it. raw, tender, <laughs> emotional scene. But it is like emotional cheating, in my opinion. Because they, I mean, they look like they're about to make out. They look like they're going to embrace. And they hug, but that's it. And it's it's a crazy scene. It, it, and nothing happens for two minutes. They just stare at each other. But like, you're like, <gasps> imagine you're, you're holding your crying wife in your arms and she's crying like she just went through a breakup and you're just like and you're arthur and you're arthur <laughs> you're like i gotta light another cigarette because <laughs> god damn i have to be strong <laughs> and that's the thing like earlier someone was like what if this happens what if that happened what happens with them i literally asked you i was like how do you what happens right after that what happens what's the conversation the next morning is there one is there is it is it awkward probably they probably talk about it knowing them i know knowing them they probably do how quickly do you move past it how long how quickly do you move on to just normalcy like that's the interesting questions that pop up yeah. to wrap this review up though before we move on i love how the people who love this movie talk about this movie because it's so poetic and everything i agree with and enlightening i've every every positive review pointed out something new and another thoughtful way to look at the movie which is exactly what celine song expected out of it too when you could talk about a movie and learn more about the movie just by discussing what you saw and what another person saw i love that that's why i love movies mm -hmm. everyone has evidence to support their feelings exactly there's always some kind of if it's truly good there's evidence to what people are saying and there's validity to it and it just it's even more eye-opening to what it could possibly mean mm -hmm. but did you have anything else you wanted to say about this review or any of the others before we move on no Good review, though. Mm -hmm. I'll move on to the first 10 out of 10, which is titled A Beautiful Masterpiece. It's from IMDb. It's from November of 2023. It says, A heartfelt story about human connection and affection, a story heavily affected by immigration. Past Lives is a movie so masterfully crafted with a very tight script. Every second carries a meaning and every scene is heavy with emotion, even when dialogue is missing. Both leads are doing a great job showcasing their emotions. They don't miss a single bit. This is so masterfully directed and so beautifully written. The cinematography is beautiful and it elevates every picture. The movie takes you through a journey in memory lane and through your emotions and by the end, everything feels so huge and heavy and your emotions are bare and all the meanings of the movie make sense. All the emotions are there to feel. This is cinema. Studio A24 never disappoints. I disagree with the last point, but <laughs> the rest of it... This, this is, is cinema. cinema. This, this is cinema. This is why <laughs> I watch movies. 
not entirely because mega mind but like part of <laughs> well i was <laughs> i posted the the mega mind episode because i just i finished editing it today yeah i mentioned both a24 in and past lives in that episode and i was talking about how pixar is the a24 of kids movies or animation i was like a24 is on thin ice but then i see i see past lives and i'm like <laughs> this is why i come here this is why i watch a24 <laughs> jfk just came out a little bit <laughs> This is why. This is why. I love it. That's why I watch A24. That's my favorite thing ever. <laughs> Nothing bad ever happened to the Kennedys. Answer the question. <laughs> oh my god. But the next one I have is four-star review from 2023 on Letterboxd that says, Shout out to the husband for being shockingly chill about this whole situation. Uh, admirable really truly man he must be on xanax like <laughs> he goes to therapy for sure mm -hmm. he was at home drinking at dr pepper video gaming <laughs> while she was out <laughs> like love it but next four star review from 2023 on letterbox that says the quote you're dreaming in a language that i can't understand and they say what if i jump off a cliff <laughs> that'd be me i'm like i'm just i'm just gonna go <laughs> i think they mean it in like a that was so heart shattering deep that they're like but what if i just jumped off a cliff is that why would the fuck would you write that that's what i was thinking arthur was going with like he was just so depressed by it and like he really does look like he just wants to like, kill himself through the whole movie he really does but your competition's pretty rough dude exactly i would too i would too but she loves you exactly that's the thing anyway uh four stars on letterbox from 2023 nora and i have the same exact laptop so every shot of her using it was extremely disorienting like i was seeing my laptop <laughs> inside of my laptop <laughs> laptopception the movie was great too i guess <laughs> yeah that would be that would be trippy. The next one is two and a half stars on Letterboxd from 2023. Felt so prepared to fall in love with this film, but I couldn't help feeling like everything was a little underdeveloped. In the film, we spend time with essentially three characters for 106 minutes, and somehow they all feel sort of surface level in exploration. It just feels like a lot of this film is people discussing what other people are like without really seeing that exemplified in the film itself. Greta Lee is excellent, but I just feel like she doesn't have a lot to do besides agree with or reject what other people People are projecting onto her and in the end she feels a little distant to me perhaps because we really only see who she is with these two men and never just as a person living her life as an exploration of the way time feels it's really successful but for me personally i think that it's a little too heady and abstract to really hit me on the emotional level there are a few scenes here and there that are so compelling the frustrating nature of skype the scene where nora is explaining to arthur whether she's attracted to Sung or not and i think i just wanted the whole thing to feel a little more grounded that it is, which is just taste and probably not what Celine Song was interested in. So ignore me if you don't feel similarly. Beautifully shot though, and shout out to naming your main character Nora. Written by Nora. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand how you would ask for this movie to be more grounded than it already is. I, I think, like a lot of the other ones, there's just like this root of you explained what the movie is exactly, and they at least admit like this is just a taste thing like i didn't like this and i can appreciate that and i can appreciate somebody who can be like i know this is not what celine song wanted it's, i just didn't vibe and i love you for that i can appreciate that but don't talk to me um, <laughs> but we're not friends <laughs> no we're not friends four and a half stars from letterbox from 2023 you know that thing ebert said about how the movies that make you cry hardest aren't the ones where sad things happen but where people are good 
Anyway. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And people are just people. They're good. They're just good people. Mm. Uh, this is how I feel, though. Uh, five stars from 2023 on Letterboxd. <laughs> Bruh, fuck Celine Song. <laughs> and fuck this movie. I don't have time in my life to emotionally process this right now. <laughs> I just took on this whole 24-year relationship. I don't have the time. <laughs> I have to go to therapy for this, too. Like, yeah, exactly. Three stars from Letterboxd 2023. Much more concerned with the possibilities that past and future lives present than the reality of the one being filmed. It is intriguing to ponder a marriage with your childhood crush rather than your current spouse, but it's also intriguing and uncomfortable to interrogate which dominoes fell to create the present and who did the tipping. To Song's credit, John Magaro as patient husband has the same thing on his mind. Mm. Is that not the purpose of having that character there too? To be the one who's like, what if this didn't happen? Like he's... To bring out that point and then, you know, for us all to realize like... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're here. This is the life that it is. In other lives, it's different, I'm sure. But not here. No, not in this movie. Not in this movie. Four stars from 2023 on Letterboxd. Gave this movie three and a half, but am revising as I can't stop thinking about it. The acting across the board is phenomenal. Even the background actors are doing so much. If someone asks me to define bittersweet, I'll show them this movie. Also, the directing and cinematography is amazing, and being in NYC makes it even more impressive. The fact that they did all that with on-location shoots in, in Korea and in NYC. Shooting on film. No time to waste. Yeah, really, though. Okay, now I, now I get why it's 22 million. Oh, it was 12 million. Oh, it was 12 million? Budget 12 million. Made 22 million so far. Oh, 12 million? Dang, okay. Three stars, 2023 on Letterboxd. Man, get over it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to. She did. She did. By the end of the movie, he should. <laughs> she was, like, less... Not over it. I, she was like more emotionally hit by it than he was coming in. They kind of switched. Kind of looks like he's got that thing off his chest. He's like, I'll see you in the next life. He Closure for him. And she has closure in her own she way. She just ripped the, another wound <laughs> open. Yeah, honestly. Four stars from 2023 on Letterboxd. Someone please get John Magaro's character, the I'm Ken enough hoodie. <laughs> he, the, he is Ken, He's a Ken type of guy. Yeah, he is. He loves his Barbie. He loves his Barbie, for sure. Mm -hmm. No stars on Letterboxd from 2023. In another life, type narratives are literally psychological warfare. <laughs> they are. They are. And that's why they're so good. That's why it hits in this movie, you know? We're in the last two. Um, two out of ten on IMDb titled Bafflingly Vacuous from 2023. With this much opportunity to delve into what makes people connect beyond a cloying notion of fate, the movie rides smugly along the long, <laughs> quiet shots of nothing happening, no major ideas being grappled with, and no real character development to show us anything more than a single definition. Inyan potentially could be seen as an explanation for our lives directions if given anything more than a single scene the movie's end to imagine the deeper understanding unfortunately the film relies on concept writ large instead of with the nuance that our human interactions deserve the conversations that are meant to show us how a person's specter haunts and defines us are nothing more than the banal again a lost opportunity the attention to detail is lost too when a novelist of several books misuses lay for lie, a minor note, but a significant corrosion of authenticity, not visually stylized enough to allow words to be as unimportant as they seem to be in this film. So Shut boring. Up. Good lord. I, I have nothing to say other than like 
how can you watch this movie so intensely and not be not like it this is so pretentious i don't even want to give it the time of day lay or lie oh my god i don't even know which one you're supposed to use i don't i don't know and i don't care i don't care <laughs> to bring us back home the 10 out of 10 from imdb titled sometimes simple stories are the best from 2023 and the first time director Celine Song has created one of these. It's a masterpiece of deeply genuine human emotion. That masterpiece is past lives. Song's dialogue is understated to the point of risking not creating a connection with the characters. It would not have worked with subpar actors, but the risk paid off big time. All of these actors are wonderful. Allowing their body language and line delivery fill in the gaps with their characters' true psychology. A simple plot becomes a richly complex story of lost love, sought closure, and found purpose. And it's all due to Celine's song having the proper understanding of when to allow silence to speak. Yet, despite the frequent bouts of silence, not a moment feels wasted. Every shot and sentence is meticulously edited to give us exactly what we need to feel each moment with its full power. This very well may be the best film of 2023. It's the work of a master storyteller, and it's only her first film. That's how I feel. That's the thing. When people say like, oh, there's just nothing in this movie or there's like, it's really boring where nothing happens. It's like, no, they're talking in silence. What's When it's silent, there's something being said. There's something, it's loud silence, you know? Yeah, because there's a beauty in simplicity and there's a beauty in silence. Yeah. But anyway, that was our last review. So what would you rate Past Lives? I would say a 9.5. For my Citizen Kane, this is a 9.5. This is a really good movie. I fully agree. Yeah, I don't think I could justify putting it at a 10, per se. I think one day it will be. Yeah. It, we'll see how it holds up with me watching it 30 more times. But <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I think I would say 9.52. I think that's the perfect place to put it. Mm -hmm. But I think we've waxed philosophical enough. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm gonna wrap it up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you have any movies that you'd like to suggest to us, or if you have any feedback for us, you can reach out to us on our Instagram at Easy Bake Takes. We also have our TikTok at Easy Bake Takes. And we have our website, easybaketakespodcast.com. Don't forget to follow us wherever you listen and leave a review and share us with a friend because it really helps us out a lot. And thank you so much for listening. My name is Kat. And I'm Riley. This has been Easy Big Takes. Easy watching out there. Bye. <laughs>